Hello and welcome to Money Markets and More with me, Dominic Frisbee. And the Flying Frisbee is officially a Substack bestseller. How about that? So thank you very much to everybody for all your support and for reading and subscribing and all that stuff. I am very grateful. And today's post is called Polyamorous Geeks, Psychopaths, and perhaps the greatest fraud in history, a cautionary tale. So by popular demand, today we consider Bitcoin and the amazing story that is FTX. And gosh, this is some story. It's difficult to know where to start. The more you dig in, the more comes out. (laughs) It's a cautionary tale of the madness that engulfs crowds during investment manias and bubbles, of greed, delusion, risk and more besides. I'm sure many of you already know the story, even though there are new developments every day. So I'll recap it quickly before moving on to what it means for Bitcoin. So Sam Bankman-Fried was a geeky young crypto entrepreneur, and I put that in inverted commas, born to an upper middle class Jewish family in California. His parents were both professors at Stanford Law School. Irony. In 2017, he set up the quantitative trading firm, that would be trading based on mathematical models, Alameda Research. And then in 2019 came FTX, a crypto exchange that became phenomenally successful, phenomenally quickly. In July 2021, barely two years into its existence, FTX raised $900 million at an $18 billion valuation. That was Series A. Three months later came Series B when it raised $420 million at a $25 billion valuation. And three months after that, in January of this year, it raised another $400 million. And this time the company was valued at some $32 billion. To put those numbers in some kind of context, the likes of Barclays, Socgen and Deutsche Bank, banks that have been around forever all have smaller market caps in the 20 to $30 billion range. So it was more valuable than Barclays and Deutsche Bank. $32 billion would be more than the UK collects in stamp duty in a year, or fuel duty, or alcohol and tobacco duties. It's roughly five times what it collects in inheritance tax. <laughs> and Bankman Freed himself was worth $16 billion. And at the age of 30, uh, was on the front cover of Fortune magazine, along with the headline asking if he was the next Warren Buffett. FTX's blue chip and smart money investors included Japan's SoftBank, venture capital firm Sequoia Capital and hedge fund Tiger Global. Even the Ontario Teachers' Pension Plan put in $95 million. And you may wonder what your pension fund manager has been doing with your money. There were rumours of another $1 billion raise in September. However, that didn't materialise and the Bitcoin bear market meant that the tide was going out in the crypto industry and we'd soon learn who had been swimming naked. Some started asking questions about FTX's accounting and other practices. Short sellers also started taking notice. They exposed frauds more quickly than anyone and negative coverage started to appear. On November the 6th, an article at Coindesk raised doubts about the balance sheet of Bankman-Fried's sister company, Alameda, the trading company, and things then started to unravel quickly. 
Changpen Zhao, CEO of Binance, the world's biggest crypto exchange, which had been an early investor in FTX, announced that Binance was selling all its FTT coins, as much as $2 billion worth. FTT coins are part of the plumbing of the FTX exchange. And the value of FTT started to fall. Suddenly there was a scramble to withdraw assets from the exchange. It was thought to have had the assets to back the liabilities. Bankman Free tried to assure everyone that client funds were safe, but it seemed this was no full reserve exchange and FTX didn't have the funds to meet the run. In fact, it seems that FTX had been using some of the funds as much as $10 billion $10 billion, I repeat that number, to shore up sister company Alameda, which had suffered significant trading losses over the past year. And if you watch the interviews with 28-year-old Alameda CEO Caroline Ellison, uh, with whom Bankman uh, is said to be in a, a polyamorous relationship, uh, she describes how she doesn't like stop losses and it turns out she had barely any risk management at all. Chain analysts noted that FTX didn't have the funds to cover withdrawals and on November the 8th, Bankman Freed said he had enough to cover all client holdings and then he didn't invest client assets. But the run continued and that evening withdrawals were halted. In an attempt to restore confidence, Zhao and Bankman Freed announced that Binance would be acquiring FTX soon after. However, the following day, Zhao said that having done his due diligence, Binance would not be acquiring FTX. And a day later, FTX filed for bankruptcy. Easy come, easy go. Bankman Freed's net worth went from 16 billion to zero in, basic, in barely 72 hours. And reports are that FTX had $900 million in assets against $9 billion in liabilities. And then the day after that, some $600 million uh, worth of crypto was hacked from uh, FTX's uh, wallets and siphoned Lord knows where, Panama, Bermuda and Cayman, presumably. Apparently, the hacker isn't even that sophisticated and numerous Twitter feeds are now following the stolen crypto. Since then, all sorts of stories have emerged. Weird sexual goings on at the company's uh, HQ. Alameda's employees live together in a luxury apartment in the Bahamas and polyamory reigned. Bankman Freed sharing the stage with Bill Clinton and Tony Blair. A key employee had run an online poker company and been convicted for cheating. Flight tracker apps showing private jets fleeing to jurisdictions where they can't be arrested. The contagion has spread to other crypto operators such as BlockFi, which have halted withdrawals. Author Michael Lewis of Big Short fame has apparently already signed a film deal. He'd been tracking Bankman Freed for six months. Surely he must have been aware of what was going on. Bankman Freed was the US Democrat Party's second largest donor in 2020, donating around 37 million in the last cycle uh, and pledged upwards of a billion if Trump were to run in 2024. And given these proceeds might effectively be stolen capital, should the Democrats return the money? And heck, it's even emerged that Ukraine had money with the business. All the while the fraud was being perpetrated, Bankman Freed donated to what he considered good causes and talked up his giving even more. He spoke endlessly about charity, philanthropy, altruism, utilitarian, utilitarian, 
Utilitarianism, goodness me, my pronunciation's gone out the window. And his talks were peppered with motivational catchphrases, all delivered with sort of geeky beta male sincerity. The double standards are breathtaking, given the magnitude of this fraud and the lives he's ruined. Even now his apologies are those of an errant rich kid. He seems oblivious to the magnitude of what has happened. Illustrating the uselessness of ratings agencies, as if 2008 were not enough, and ESG, FTX was given a higher leadership and governance rating than ExxonMobil. Its brand has sponsored sporting event after sporting event, baseball, basketball, F1, star athletes such as Tom Brady, who appears to have lost hundreds of millions. And rather like JP Morgan bailing out the markets in the panic of 1907, Chan Peng Zhao is now forming an industry recovery fund to help projects who are otherwise strong but in a liquidity crisis. It's all just extraordinary. And it's worth remembering that in the Wild West that is this new financial technology, we have been here before many times. In fact, most famously with M.T. Gox. It's hard to emphasise just what a big deal that bankruptcy was back then. In 2014, um, M.T. Gox was the biggest exchange, Bitcoin exchange in the world. It handled over 70% of Bitcoin transactions, according to Wikipedia. And when news broke in 2014 that it had been hacked... Um, and it suspended trading, stopped withdrawals and filed for bankruptcy, the news precipitated an immediate 50% fall in Bitcoin from over $800 to $400. This time around, Bitcoin, it would, it would then fall by another 50% to $200 in the ensuing bear market. This time around, Bitcoin has only, in inverted commas, fallen by 20 or 25%, though other coins, Solana especially, FTX had a lot of Solana, have fallen by a lot more. And the beneficiaries have been coins of which FTX did not hold vast quantities, so there hasn't been the selling pressure. These are the kinds of frauds that get perpetrated in bull markets with all the accompanying euphoria. I'd say it was very likely Alameda's poor risk management was due to the fact that it was founded almost at the bottom of the previous bear market cycle, and so they only knew bull market conditions, and that guided their behaviour. But then the bear market exposed the fraud. Bottom line, it seems that FTX was doing what banks have been doing and shouldn't have been doing ever since there have been banks, regulated or not. It was taking client money and using it for other purposes. Fortunes have been decimated, lives have been ruined, many of the previous cycles. Crypto darlings are now headed for the scrap heap if they're not already there. And the list of the top 10 coins by market cap is already very different to where it was a year ago. It's completely unrecognisable from the previous cycle. But Bitcoin carries on. There'll be many who cannot distinguish between the sound censorship resistant money that is Bitcoin, other dodgy cryptocurrencies and psychopathic fraudsters tainting one with the other. There were many who will declare this the end of Bitcoin. It won't be. It's a blow to Bitcoin and crypto more generally. The optics are terrible. This is a fraud of Bernie Madoff proportions and more. Estimates suggest that FTX has more than one million creditors, all of whom will be fighting over the scraps in the bankruptcy process. But remember, just because criminals use the US dollar or cars, it doesn't mean that all US dollar or car users are criminals. Bitcoin will survive and grow. Don't keep your money on third party exchanges, not your keys, not your coins, as the saying goes. 
And if you are one of the people who wished they got in but never did, now is probably not a bad time to dip in your toe. There is blood on the streets, and as somebody richer than you or I once said, that is the time to buy. Will this story mark the low? Nobody knows the answer to that. But let's just say there is a lot more bad news priced in than good. The next big line of support for Bitcoin is around $12,500. Thank you very much for listening. If you want to play it safe and buy gold, <laughs> my preferred dealer is the Pure Gold Company. Uh, there's a link to them in uh, in the article at the bottom. And there are still a handful of tickets left for my gig with the Gilets Jaunes in Piccadilly on November the 24th. Otherwise, it's the Christmas Knees Up with Comedy Unleashed in Camden on December the 16th. There are links to both in the bottom of the article. Thanks very much for listening. Once again, please subscribe to the channel. Please tell your friends and I'll be back with another podcast very soon.